Giants fans, we are going to live on. This is Tim, this New York Giants Straight Talk, Pirate Bunny Online, Big Blue, LLC. Oh, we got the Daniel Jones injury to discuss. We we have the future of the New York football Giants. We we just have so much to go over and, and just so much to, to, to ponder. Because if you look at Daniel Jones's career outside the injuries, this career is more, more, uh, a, and it's not, I actually, I should rephrase it. I was going to say it's more like a Greek tragedy or, or a Shakespearean tragedy, but it's not, it's more, it's more like a, it's more like a giant comedy. Alas, poor York. I knew him well for this show. A fellow, inf- a fellow of infinite jest of most excellent fancy. He took Hatchborn me on his back a thousand times. Of course that's Hamlet. I don't remember the rest. But it's really a giant comedy. It's a giant comedy of errors going back to Gettleman, going back to Mara, going back and you know starting also now with Shane, and, and in some regards going in with Brian Dable. I mean, you prepared yourself for the season so well that you have the great Tommy DeVito a, a, as your emergency quarterback. You, you thought so much of maybe drafting a quarterback, starting to bring in some young guys to maybe to cultivate. You got a 25-year-old quarterback who we're now going to see for, what, the remainder eight games of the season? It's just going to be awesome. You were serious about that? Of course I'm not serious about that, Tommy. That's actually not Tommy. That's a Vinny from my cousin Vinny. But watching giant Twitter implode is really the craziest of it all in giant social media because you have all these people. We failed Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones never had an opportunity. Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones had five years. Sorry. Any other quarterback that had Daniel Jones's stats over this period of time would have been gone. Let's let's, can we, can we, can we just, just really be honest outside of his rookie season? Last year was his best year, and that was 15 touchdowns, five interceptions, and 3,000 yards. And if you extrapolate 2021 to 2020 and take out the injuries, he's probably going to be right along right along those lines of 3,000-plus yards, 15 touchdowns, and anywhere between five to 15 interceptions, five to 10 interceptions. These are Mitchell Trubisky numbers. And we all know Mitchell Trubisky, when he got let go of the Bears, had a hard time finding a large offer anywhere, and he didn't get one. He had to go to he had to go to Pittsburgh. These aren't numbers of a quarterback that you look at and go, ooh. For his career, 12,000 yards, 12,500 yards, 62 touchdowns, 40 interceptions. And people will point out the rushing numbers and all these wonderful things, but that that's great and all. But it's at the end of the day, it's wins. And 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 how has your quarterback progressed and maturated? When Joe Shane Got off the biggest problem Joe Shane and Brian Dable ran into was the 2022 season. The Giants went beyond expectations. What were they three, five, and one in the last nine games in the second half of the season? They they kind of collapsed, but they had such a good app. They had there were six wins in the first half of the season that they were able to make the playoffs. And and that that ability to make the playoffs really screwed their plan. Because then they were looking at the salary cap, and then they were saying, well, you know, we're, we're kind of in a situation still where we still a little bit in the salary cap purgatory because of some of these bad contracts and bringing in Darren Waller and, and, and doing a few other things. And I said it back in week two. And again, like I said, I always get told I have no idea what I'm talking about. I said the Giants are going to run out of cap space by the middle of this season. And, it, and that happened. 
And the reason Leonard Williams got traded wasn't because of the fact they were trying to get rid of Leonard Williams. They probably wanted to keep him for the rest of this year. But the reason he got traded is because they needed cap space. They had half a million dollars in cap space left. So they took on, they sent Leonard Williams to Seattle. They paid, they're paying most of his salary, but they freed up $9 million in cap space and got a two and a five, which is great. But you're also basically to Xavier McKinney's point in some regards, you're not really waving the flag for the season, but it's just a little suspect that you're trading one of your team captains basically for cap space. And this was something that anyone who follows the league or anyone that follows cap space could easily see the giants were heading down that primrose path. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that you went out and gave Daniel Jones that contract, which in turn made you tag Saquon Barkley. So you were giving Saquon Barkley guaranteed money right off the bat, $10 million off the salary cap right there. And yeah, you saved money on Daniel Jones's contract this year, but you go into next year, there's nothing you could do about it. Cause you got a like what? $68 million cap hit. If you do anything with Daniel Jones and now coming off this injury, we have to look, and I said this when they signed Daniel Jones, did a whole video about it. You can look at this as a, being a short-term three-year deal. And I said that if anything goes wrong, if he regresses, which he has, 900 yards, two touchdowns, six interceptions, or he gets hurt, this deal is going to look god-awful because you are going to be stuck in purgatory with this contract till 2024. And 2024, you still have a 20 plus million dollar dead cap number for Daniel Jones. And he's got an injury kicker as well in there in his salary. So at the end of the day, you overpaid for a guy that had one good season. You talk to people in the league. You talk to people outside the giant bubble. We've said this before. They were shocked. They gave Daniel Jones that contract. And I love it because everyone kept telling me, just look at it, Tim. Just look at it, Tim. Just look at it, Tim. I don't need to look at it. I did look at it. It was a bad deal. It was a bad deal for a quarterback who hadn't put up anything substantial in four years. You did. Shane was kind of over a barrel in regards because of the fact that he was so low on the draft because of making the playoffs. There was no way he could move on from Daniel Jones, keep Saquon Barkley and draft a quarterback. There was no way possible. A lot of us smart fans saw it, saw it and we questioned it. And now we're sitting there again looking at the likes of Tommy DeVito, Matt Barkley, kind of wondering where the season went. I said it before. We weren't making the playoffs this year. I never gave a win prediction because I had no idea, but I just knew I just knew by the number of one-point games we had played, the number of freak plays we won on last year, the way we finished the second half of the season, this was not a playoff team. The defense plays well in spots, but it still gives up bunches of points, 30, 40, 30 points. You have, you have some collective talent on the team, but I don't think you have a cohesive unit. And then you have Xavier McKinney talking again after the game saying, hey, well, listen, you know, nobody's listening to the captains. Nobody's listening to leadership here. You know, sometimes people don't listen to leaders. They just follow leaders. That's why they call the game follow the leader. Because sometimes you don't have to tell someone you're a leader. You lead by action. And you don't have to keep telling people, we're not doing this, we're not doing that. Because we could see it on the field. We could, we could see this. So we've turned this into a, a, a comedy of errors. Starting with drafting Daniel Jones six overall. You don't blame Daniel Jones for being taken six overall. We've told the story before that when, when uh, I, I was having coffee 
uh, the morning of the draft, and they said that um, there was a t- there was a team that was interested in Daniel Jones, and they were and they go back for the commercial, and they say, and we'll come back for the commercial to tell you who the team was. And I sat there and I said to myself, please don't say it's the Giants, please don't say it's the Giants, please don't say it's the Giants. And of course, they said it's the New York Giants. So you went out and drafted this kid. He had a good season under Pat Shermer. The problem with that good season under Pat Shermer is Pat Shermer, for all of his faults as a head coach and just maybe as a person, because he does come out, kind of come off like an asshole like me, but I'm a lovable asshole. He understands the ability of his quarterback. He understood what he had in Daniel Jones. He made Daniel Jones a one-read quarterback. He understood what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut the field in half for Daniel Jones, give him a deep options, give him a sh- I'm going to give him a deep, but I'm going to give him an intermediate option. The second option is to run, and I'm going to cut the field in half. They did the same thing with Rick Meyer all the way back in Seattle. And he, he had, I think he had, I think he was the rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. And they did the same thing to Daniel Jones. The only problem is when you do that, you win games and you make him look good for a season. But once the league gets filmed, that's it. So then you had two more years sitting there under Jason Garrett, and everybody was like, "Well, look at that! Look at this! He's holding! He's holding Daniel Jones back." No, he was doing what he was told to do by the coaching staff, which was to mitigate the turnovers from Daniel Jones and don't let Daniel Jones beat you. So we had two years of that hearing, hearing how Jason Garrett was so terrible. But then we bring in the genius, uh, Brian Dable, offensive genius, and the boy wonder, Mike Kafka. And we look at it and we say, okay, well, you know what? It's going to be a great season. So you barely throw for 3,000 yards and 15 touchdowns. And it's the same, like I said, if you extrapolate the two Jason Garrett seasons, minus the injury, it's going to be basically the same season. So it's Mitchell Trubisky. And I said this before, as soon as that that ink on that contract dried for that $160 million deal, that was no longer Dave Gellman's quarterback. That was now Joe Shane's quarterback. And for all the people that are yelling to fire Shane and Dave, oh my God, just shut up. Just shut up, please. You're not firing them. You can't keep continuously getting rid of general managers and head coaches because things go wrong. I'm sorry, it doesn't work that way. You got to give someone an opportunity to build something. Shane has made some questionable moves in the draft. Shane has made some questionable trades. Shane has made some questionable free agency moves, and you get a little concerned that as soon as you get, you're going to turn over a lot, a large portion of cap space to him next year. On a second year of a re, he's rebuilding within a rebuild. So you have to question Shane, but you can't get rid of him. Same thing, you can't get rid of Brian Dayball unless he does something to force him way out, force his way out to get back into Buffalo if Sean McDermott gets fired, or if he forces his way over to uh, to the Chargers. I think my biggest issue is the fact that people don't get they got they got some fans, I should say, they got spoiled with Eli Manning because Eli Manning was here forever. Same with Phil Sims. Phil Sims had a good run as well, but Eli Manning was was the modicum of consistency. Always played, always suit up. But then I was thinking, the problem is a lot of these fans don't understand that you don't always hit on that franchise quarterback. You don't always, that guy you draft number one overall, you don't always hit on him. Look at Dave Brown taking number one overall in the supplemental draft. Look at now Daniel Jones. But if you go back to the annals of Giants history, I always talk about 76 being my seat, my first season with the Giants. You had Craig Morton and Norm Snead start. Next year you had Pasarczyk and what's his name? Well, I think it was Jerry Goldstein. 
a Goldstein, a Goldstein. Then you had Pistarch, then you had Pistarchik again, Jerry and Randy Dean. Then you finally went into Phil Sims there in 79, but it was still Phil Sims and Pistarchik because of injury. Then it's 80, it was Phil Sims and Scott Bruner. Then it was Phil Sims and Bruner. Then Bruner played the entire 82 strike shortened season, but then the next year you had Bruner and Jeff Rutledge. Then finally you had three years of Phil Sims, but then you went into Phil Sims, Jeff Rutledge, Mike Bush, and Jim, I think it was Karosha. I can't remember his name. He, played, he started one game in 87. Oh, that, that was the, uh, what you call the strike short in the year. So he was the strike quarterback. Then you go to Phil Sims and Hostedler for three straight years, four straight years. And then you go Hostedler, Phil Sims, Kent Graham. Then you have Phil Sims for one year. Then you go into the Dave Brown, Kent Graham errors. And you got two years of Brown. Then you got Cannell and Brown, Cannell and Kent Graham. Then you have Kent, then you have Kent Graham and Kerry Collins. And then going into the early 2000s, up to 2023, from 2020, you have Kerry Collins and Kerry Collins and Jesse Palmer. And then finally in 2004, you have Kurt Warner and Eli Manning. You see in giant history, we could even go back further, that you don't always hit on your quarterbacks. Sometimes you go into the quarterback desert. Look, look at some regards in reference to the Jets. You know, some people say that Chad Pennington was the last great Jet quarterback, our last really good Jet quarterback. So to sit there and, and, and have this delusion that we failed Daniel Jones, look at all the other quarterbacks that were ahead of him who also failed. Did we fail all them? Did we fail Kent Graham and Dave Brown and, 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 and Danny Cannell and Kerry Collins and Hostetler and Mike Bush and Jeff Rutledge and Scott Bruner and Pasarczyk and Randy Dean and Norm Sneed and Craig Morton? Did Fran Tarkenton, even going back to the early 70s, did we fail all of them? No, you don't always hit on something. In this microwave society now where everything has to be immediate and everything has to be an immediate gratification, everything has to be right, it's not a perfect world. The draft is not a perfect science. If If we were in the outside looking in at this giant organization, and let's say we were Philly fans or Cowboy fans or hell Raider fans. And we saw what we've had the last couple of years with Daniel Jones. People laugh at us. If you take the name Daniel Jones and you put it on the Eagles and you have the same identical record with the Eagles, Daniel Jones, we would look at this and go, why do they still have this guy? But thank God they do because at least it's two division wins. It's a tragedy of errors by this entire organization. And we we've had we've had to sit through this now, going back to 2019. And hell, look at look at Daniel Jones. Is Daniel Jones, Eli Manning, Daniel Jones, Colt McCoy, Daniel Jones, Mike Glennon, Scott, Jake Fromm, Daniel Jones, Davis Webb, Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor, and now it's going to be soon to be da- and, so, and coming soon the Danny DeVito show. You were serious about that? I got to be serious about it because I got nothing left. And I just love it because Shane is in a rebuild within a rebuild. So you can feel that bad for Daniel Jones. You could feel bad for the injury. I have no problem with that whatsoever. But you know what? Injuries happen in football. Injuries happen in life. I think the venerable James Williams said it best. You know, we paid, James, we paid Daniel Jones almost $120 million over his career. So I'm not going to feel bad for him in reference to that because we've said it before. Some ways he stole that money, but you feel bad for him as an athlete. You feel bad for him as a person. Then you feel bad for the, the giant organization because of the fact that they are going to be stuck with, with, with this. 
And then you have the people are like, well, the DJ haters wanted this to happen. No, the DJ haters didn't want anything to happen. They didn't want Dan Jones going down with an injury. We just wanted, we just wanted to move on from a quarterback in this draft because we've seen what we have seen. We have seen this. We have looked at this from afar. And we understand. Do you see the light? What light? Have you seen the light? Yes! Yes! Jesus H. Christ! I have seen the light! And you hope that's what some fans are. Because there were too many fans out there that flip-flopped the pendulum and, fl- and, pen- and used the pendulum on Daniel Jones for the last four years. He's so, he's so great. I, he sucks. I owe him an apology. He's so great now. He sucks again. <laughs> like I've said before, I, I tried to take the emotion out of, out of this show in, refer, in reference to, you know, being a fan. Because you want to lie. You can do it! <laughs> oh, no! We suck again! That's the pendulum of Giant fans. That's the fan. That's the pendulum of people on Twitter. That's the pendulum of people in social media. They don't get it. Injuries happen. How many times, for dear Lord, did Phil Sims go down with an injury? How many seasons, oh Lord, was Phil Sims hurt? If you want, if you literally want to go back and look at this and talk about it, no, most people don't. Phil Sims was hurt in eighty. He was hurt in eighty-one. He was hurt in all of eighty-two. He was hurt in 83. He was drafted in 79. He didn't play a full season until 1984 where he threw for over 4,000 yards and was the first giant quarterback to ever do that. Injuries happen. It's part of the league. And and the way they had the way they cultivated quarterbacks in the 70s, 80s, and parts of the 90s isn't like they do now. Back then, you had first-round picks that sat sometimes for like three years. Now it's an immediate play because of the salary cap, because, because of the contract. The Giants need to look it into the draft and find a quarterback. Plain and simple. Nothing else to talk about. They need to move on from Daniel Jones. They need, they, they're going to they're gonna lose almost 80-plus million in salary cap over the next two seasons, but they're going to have to do it because you cannot go into year six of a guy coming off major injuries and say we still don't know what we have. We got a big live stream today at 6.45, so make sure you tune in for that. And as always, don't forget to like, don't forget to subscribe, don't forget to ring that bell because you want to know why, and that'd be awesome.